BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What are some of the key matchups for the Chicago Bears to look at in their matchup against the New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk about it today. Plus, we're going to dive into the mailbag as it's Friday. You know what that means. It's mailbag day. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot. For everything Chicago Bears related, I'm the host here, Hayes. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And mainly, we're going to dive into the mailbag. It's going to be mainly built around your guys' voicemails. But I want to talk about some of the key matchups to look out for as the Bears face off against the New, uh, the New Orleans Saints, right? And the first one is that I want to talk about is the rookie Darnell Wright. Now, this is a guy who has played extremely well, in my opinion, um, at, so far in the season and really has shown that, no, he is going to be a building block for the Chicago Bears team for a very, very long time. But when you look at it, he's going to be facing up against Cameron Jordan, and that's not something that's going to be any easier uh, for it when it comes down to it. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, Jordan really does like to line up against the the right tackle, and so that's going to be something that you're going to have to look at, right? And he's a veteran pass rusher who's savvy, who's going to be able to do stuff. And when it comes down to it, I do think that Darnell Wright is going to have his maybe issues early on, right? And he typically plays pretty good about power defensive ends, but with it being said, we'll see. Now, uh, uh, Darnell Wright has gone through a hell of a gauntlet here. When you look at who he's faced the last couple of weeks, right? Daniil uh, Hunter. Max Crosby, Joey Bosa, Rashawn Gray, Sean Garrett, Montez Sweat, who's now a member of the Chicago Bears, and Chris Jones. Listen, he's done pretty damn good against some of those key matchups for an offensive line that is already not nearly the best and more solid. So when it comes down to it, this is going to be another big test for, for Darnell Wright to prove that he belongs, to continue along his rookie development. And it's going to be, listen, like I said, he's gone through a nothing less than a gauntlet is what you would call it. And I don't use that terminology lightly. Darnell Wright has gone through trial by fire. And he's coming out of that, not unscathed, but relatively, you know, intact, right? Not even relatively, but he's come out intact. And the fact of the matter is that that's how you develop future pieces that are going to be 
linchpins of your of your team, and that's really what it shapes up to be when it comes to Darnell Wright, really looking to see how he performs in this game in the run and the pass game as we look to probably have a, a nice mixture of run and pass uh, tactics, at least hopefully in this game. You never know when it comes to Luke Getze ran offense or how it's going to show out, but really in that, you, you got to look positively in that. Now, on the flip side of that, let's talk about it. Montez Sweat, of course. Everybody's going to be looking at what Montez Sweat brings to the Chicago Bears lineup. And it, even though I know there are some Bears fans that are going to make knee-jerk reactions based off one first week that he hasn't even had a, a full week of practice, it's going to come. You're going to get people that either write that it's the greatest or worst move ever by uh, Ryan Poles based off this one week. But listen, I, do, I, I, I would be remiss to say that we're not looking at how Montez Sweat you know, how the defensive line performs now with Montez went into a, a bigger degree as well. How does it make it easier on the linebacking core? How does it make it easier on the secondary? Things like that. So Montez Sweat making his Bears debut is definitely something that everybody's going to have the eye on, regardless of who he's lined up with or against on that defensive line. There's going to be all eyes on Montez Sweat um, in this game. And so, you know, like I had to put him on the list. It's period. He had to be on the list. Now, with that said, we talked about how the improvement on the defensive line, even though, like I said, may not come initially in this first week, but how it's going to help the secondary. And one of the members of the secondary all eyes are going to be on as well as Jalen Johnson in this game. Jalen Johnson is going to be is out to prove that he needs to be paid like a number one. That's what he's out to prove. And so when you look at it, he's going to be lined up probably against Michael Thomas or Chris Olav in this game. And so these are two physical wide receivers that have some height and can make tough catches. And we'll end up seeing it really comes down to the the secondary overall and cornerback crew overall because Tyreek Stevenson, we got a voicemail on him as well. He's going to be tested and, and targeted as well in this game. But be on the lookout for, for Jalen Johnson. Um, so we'll see. The last three weeks, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, for example, has been targeted 34 times, whereas Jalen Johnson's only been targeted 14 times. So with that said, you expect most of those targets to go towards Stevenson, but Jalen Johnson also is out to prove something in this game. And so really look how he performs as well, especially with all the narratives around him and things like that is going to be a big part of it. So Montez Sweat, Darnell Wright, the secondary, Jalen Johnson specifically, and then we're going to round this off by talking about DJ Moore. And the passing game overall is going to be fair. Now, we have a short week. We play Sunday, and then we turn around, and we play on Thursday as well, so be on the lookout for that. But we, DJ Moore hasn't had a huge game in a couple of weeks. Be on the lookout for that. Now, Lattimore, who is on the Saints, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So, you know, it, it may be another one of those times where maybe we go to DJ Moore in one-on-one -on -one situations. Maybe we use him to kind of get the other wide receivers, wideouts involved in the game, maybe even some Cole Komet. But I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing another big game or at least some big plays from DJ Moore in this game as well. All eyes are going to continue to be on him and Tyson Bajan as Tyson Bajan gets his now third start in a row. Hopefully we get to see Justin Fields back on Thursday night. But with that said, all eyes on Tyson Bajan as well as this continued uh, narrative of the Chicago Bears quarterback is going to continue to be a thing. It's just going to continue to be a thing all throughout the offseason. I mean, the season and probably throughout a lot of the offseason as well. You're going to hear a lot of that depending on how Justin performs, when or if he does come back this season. So those are the things I'm looking out for in this game. Let me know down below what are some of the key matchups or players you're looking to have big nights against the New Orleans Saints this upcoming Sunday. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the voicemail bag for today. This first one, this one's from the 815, I'm sorry. Man, all I got to say, boys, is one fucking thing, dude. As a man who has played professional fucking college football, at the D1 level at Illinois State, and as a diehard Bears fan, we need to get rid of the whole fucking coaching staff. Put them boys on blast. Get rid of their ass. 
They asked me to be out this city. Fuck all that. You ain't never fired a coach. I get it in the middle of the season, but holy shit. How will you just sit here and argue that the game plan that you put up was sufficient against Justin Herbert? Jay Herbo. Bro, man, we must be delusional, bro. Like, what are we doing? The McCaskies need to fucking be sat down by polls and told, hey, I'm going to run the fucking organization the way I need to run it this upcoming end of the season, bro. Otherwise, we are not going to do shit. The Bears will always be a poverty franchise if we fucking enable them to be so, man. And bear down, boys, gang. Get rid of the coaching staff. Listen, um, <laughs> listen, I, you know, uh, we, me and Bobby have talked about it on uh, a daily this episode. Me, C-Dub, and Bobby always talk about it. Me, Kev, Sevo, Bobby, and C- we all talk about it. I, th- I This coaching staff has to go. I don't have any faith in it. I know Ryan Poles came out and said what he's supposed to say as far as Matt Eberflus being the right coach for the Chicago Bears job. But I think when it all comes down for it, we all see the writing on the wall. It's time for Matt Eberflus to go. It is. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And that's not to say that he can't go on somewhere and have and, and maybe thrive later on, learn from this experience. But to me, I don't care that it's a reboot. We've taken a step back, and rebuilding doesn't mean struggle. It means that you're – well, let me not say that. Rebuilding doesn't mean that you should you should fail at every aspect of your game. There are going to be struggles in rebuilding. Hell, there's going to be struggles even if you're a great team and a great coach in the NFL. So that was wrong of me to say it doesn't mean struggle, but it does mean that you shouldn't suck ass, right? That's what it really comes down to. This defense is taking a step back, and you have to ask yourself, regardless of a rebuild or not, has Matt Eberflus shown you the things that you want to see from a team that's developing, right, that's trying to develop young players? That's the biggest question there. So, you know, I have my feelings on it. You guys are free and open to have your thoughts and feelings and differ from it. Please sound off down below. But to me, yeah, the coaching staff, it just ain't it, right? That's And I hate to boil it down to that, but this coaching staff just ain't it. And, um, you know, Luke Getzey, and maybe you can say, well, maybe if you bring in a different offensive coordinator, different defensive coordinator, uh, maybe more veterans than that. You have your young, uh, well, what, now second-year head coach who's only in his second-year ever head coaching in the NFL level. But I think of it like this. This it's been so many fireable offenses so far just this season to me um, that I'm kind of over it, right? And I want to see different minds and different people come in. And to me, regardless of whatever ever it happens to, I would say this: Ryan Poles has to has to get the next head coach right, regardless of when it is. If it's now, if it's next season or not, whenever the next head coach comes for the Chicago Bears, he has to absolutely make the right decision on that one. That's my opinion. But let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from Darius. Oh, man. Darius from Dallas here. Um, I told y'all to stop this fucking Justin Fields versus Tyson Bajan shit. I told y'all just to root for whoever's behind quarterback. You got all your fucking Justin Fields lovers that are hopping on here, you know, talking about see, I told you so. And then you got all your Tyson Bajan people on here that, you know, are rooting for him and crapping on Justin. Uh, you know, now, now there, it's nothing but crickets. <laughs> But uh, anyway, what I really want to talk about, man, um, I, Tyreek Stevenson, okay? He's top 10 amongst all cornerbacks in penalties, and he's just handsy as hell. I think we might have made a mistake with just immediately putting him in the lineup and just saying, hey, it's your job from basically the start of a training camp. I think that with his physicality, I'm wondering if we should stick him at the nickel and move Gordon back outside, which is where Gordon wants to be anyway, because he's just too handsy, man. And quarterbacks are starting to just throw at Tyreek Stevenson. 
and we're seeing them just say, hey, fuck it, nobody's open, we'll throw it near Tyreek Stevenson and go get a penalty, you know, and he's just handsy. His technique is fine. He's always right there up on the receiver. He's never getting, like, blown, you know, out the water. But he's just too handsy, and that's just because his natural instinct is to be physical. So why don't we put him in a nickel where he can break on the ball, make some big hits, you know, maybe not have to, you know, guard people as as as, as long downfield, and, you know, maybe line him up on some tight ends and stuff like that. Put him in a nickel where he can be a little bit more physical because, man, these penalties are getting ridiculous. What's wrong with this defense, but penalties is one of them. And I, I think Tyreek is just going to be better in that nickel, man. Let's put Tyler Gordon back out there. Uh, Brisker, he, he disappears and he has a good game. Dis- disappears and he has good games. So I don't know what's going on with him. But, uh, yeah, man, Tyreek, love him. Love his instinct. Love his attitude. Pumped up about what he's got going on in the future. But we got to put this kid at nickel, man. He's ranked seventh amongst all cornerbacks with penalties. That, 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 that cannot be a recipe for success. Uh, but let me know what y'all think about that, man. Texas stuff, bear down. Tyson Bajan versus Justin Fields battle. Listen, I'm so over it. Like, like, and like you said, right, when it comes down to it, you can say positives about Tyson Bajan without trying to knock Justin Fields. You can say positives about Justin Fields with also still recognizing that he still has tons of development to do. Like, I hate that we get into this conversation with more casual sports fans that want to make it this black or white thing, and then when you say some of the positives, like, oh, well, you're, you, you guys are just in love with Justin Fields. No. But Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Tyson Bajan. Well, better overall player than Tyson Bajan. He's a better quarterback than Tyson Bajan. It just is, right? It just is. He's a better prospect in every stretch of the imagination. But at the end of the day, you can still talk about the positives that Tyson Bajan brings and some that he does have over Justin Fields because he absolutely has some, right? Both things can be true. And so the people that can't have this objective mind are just fucking idiots when it comes down to it, and I stand on that. Now, as far as Tyreek Stevenson, no, he's not a mistake. Tyreek Stevenson is going through the growing pains, and here's what I'll say. I don't want to move him to the nickel because he can be a lockdown corner in this league, and him being handsy and getting penalties, that's part of those growing pains. You got to embrace that. You got to embrace it. Yeah, you can bring in somebody who's probably not going to have the same mistakes that he does, but listen, Kyler Gordon is better at the nickel. That is where he's going to thrive at, and no, yes, Tyreek Stevenson has his issues. Has it been perfect? No. Has he been getting penalties? Absolutely, but he has to grow through it because guess what? On the other side of that, you have a potential shutdown corner in this league because of that physicality. He's going to have to learn how to use it, right, in a correct way in the NFL level. And like you said, the, the technique, everything is all correct. The, the penalties, that's something you need to trust that he's going to be able to get down. But no, I don't think that Tyreek Stevenson was a mistake, and I, I don't think that he should get moved to the nickel. He should stay where he is, go through those rookie growing pains, because on the other side of that, there's a damn good player on the other side of that. Hell, it's a damn good player now. That's my opinion, Darius, but I always respect your voicemail. Let's get into the next one. This one is from Fred. What up, hey? What's going on, man? It's be Fred, man. Another Monday going to work. These cop suckers, man, they started my Monday off wrong, man. Them fucking coaches, they got to go, man. Like, I ain't seen nothing team wrong up, put players in the right position, make plays, or none of that shit. They got to fucking go, man. I'm so sick of these coaches, man. Like, for real. And then, Ryan Poles, you at the game, you and us haven't won. Y'all seeing this shit for y'all self. And you mean to tell me y'all won't pull the trigger to fire these motherfuckers? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, why are y'all even here? So now I'm starting to question and think, like, is Ryan Poles really the right guy for the GM position or what? Because a real GM would have saw that game last night and probably would have fired that coach today. Like, this shit is ridiculous, man. 
it make it hard for me to be a Bears fan, man. Like, I don't even fucking wear my Bears gear no more. I ain't with my Bears gear since week one when they lost to fucking Green Bay. And that motherfucking Bayless Jones, I've been saying it. Dude is fucking hot garbage. Ryan Pose, you wasted a hit on him. You was better off drafting another receiver who could produce better than this motherfucker, man. And everybody kept talking that shit to off. Tyson Bajan, he's the next plummet. When Mark Sanchez said that goofy ass shit, uh, when they played, uh, who's that they fucking played? Uh, the Raiders. So say, oh, we're looking at a legend in the, in the making. Like, yo, goofy ass, man. Like, all this shit about Tyson Bajan, everybody trying to shit on field. Like, come on, man. Cody Whitehair, him and Lucas Patrick got they ass. Look, I've seen, uh, Joey Bosa, like you said, the trash Joey Bosa brother. Well, his other brother kind of trash to me, too, but that motherfucker was throwing uh, Cody Whitehair like he wasn't shit. Lucas Patrick, I kept seeing him get his ass blown up in that fucking backfield. And you mean to tell me they wouldn't even start the Tyree Carter at, at that guard and put Feeney at the center where at least we can have a solid line? And then the other motherfucker uh, that was on that line, too, Larry Form. I call him fat fucker because he always doing some stupid shit. Because he's like a fat fuck that always do Super fat, little fat fuck shit. So his name for me is Fat Fuck. I can't wait till they get his, his ass off the scene too, man. Because we need a solid enough tackle. And if Braxton Jones was clear to play, why the fuck he ain't play? And then I see Eddie Jackson, bum ass on the sideline. He was suited up. Why the fuck he ain't play? That could at least help someone in the secondary, man. And like you said, man, this team, man, these guys don't tackle for shit. Jermaine Edmonds. We should trade his ass this offseason because he has strong shit. But let me know what you think, Hayes, man. I'm down right now. I can't even say bad ass. I'm down right now, man. Just fucking down and and, and disappointed, man. Because this team is fucking trash. Hot fuck. Coaching staff has to go. That's going to be a common theme with a lot of Chicago Bears fans, and I agree with you, right? I've seen enough, personally. Um, but again, I'm not the one that makes the decisions. That decision is left up to Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles. And if they come down to it and they think, hey, well, what we're going to change in the defensive coordinator, what we're going to do here, if we do change offensive coordinator, we still like what Matt Eberflus does. And to, the sec- to his credit, Matt Eberflus is not shied away from making everything a competition. He's not shied away from p- putting young first and second year guys in, in positions to where they're absolutely needed and that can help their development in the long run, right? Everything hasn't been bad under Matt Eberflus. The one thing that has been Extremely bad, though, is the lack of win. So that is something you do have to look into. But to me, I, like I said before, Ryan Poles has to get this next coaching decision right. He just has to, in my opinion. Whatever it is, you have to get it right. So that's what I think. And it ultimately comes down to, listen, everything ain't perfect. We sure as hell ain't. So listen, let, let's hope that we get the next decision and make the right one in, in the next decision. Let's go ahead and get to this next voicemail. This one's from TJ. Yeah, my name's TJ Campana. Uh, my dad played for the Chicago Bears, probably 48 to 54, right around that era. He was, a, I think, a real high first or second round draft out of Youngstown State College in uh, Ohio. Um, his name was Al Campana. He was a running back. He was set records at Youngstown State to still hold from way back then. And George Allen picked him himself. And uh, he's passed away since then. But my question is, how can every other team in this NFL pick a good coach, a young coach, and just go out and blast it and ball and win all the time and get into the playoffs or win their division, and we can't do this. I don't understand that. Why can't we pick a good coach? We pick these people that haven't had any experience. I don't understand that. And what kind of tackling are we doing? I mean, I, I know high school kids that can tackle better than these guys are tackling. 
I mean, arm tackling a big running back or a big uh, wide receiver, it's ridiculous. Those are my questions, and I'll be a Bears fan to the deal that day I die because of my dad, no matter what. But uh, my dad used to always tell me, TJ, don't worry. Uh, when you mess with a wounded grizzly, you're going to lose. Well, I wish that would come to pass because we sure are wounded, and I hope we get a little meaner. You guys are awesome. I listen to you guys all the time. God bless you guys, and uh, don't lose the faith. Sooner or later, we're going to get this right. Another voicemail on Coach. Every team does not have a good young head coach. And not every team that hits on a, on a young head coach initially ends up being the right answer for them right away. If you want a young coach that's going to build and develop a program here, that's going to build a culture that's going to be here for, for let's say, eight, six, eight, ten years, you have to go, take chances. Now, the Bears took a chance on Matt Eberflus. And considering the hitch principle, considering hit, the, the way he empowers young players, I understand why they took it. It just didn't work out. But you have to make the right decision on the next one, right? So, no, not every young team in the, in the NFL has coaches that can win. You make you, you have to take chances, right? You have to take some risk and some chances. This one didn't work. But like I've said in, in three voicemails now, Ryan Poles has to get the next coaching decision right whenever he moves on from this coach. You have to get it right because we need a coach here that can build a culture that we can bet, sit on, and not have to wait for, for some years and just really is going to take time to develop this winning program here in Chicago and we can become that perennial playoff team that's pushing for more. That's eventually what we want. doesn't seem like it's going to be Matt Eberflus, but again, you have to take some chances sometimes to make sure you find that guy. And so even the next guy, if we go for an unproven, right, a guy that we or think it could be the next great head coach and not try to go after a name, sometimes you got to take chances on that. And that risk doesn't always pay off, and it's unfortunate that we are the opposite end of it not paying off. Sucks that. But hopefully we can eventually get on the other side of it. But, oh, so thank you for sharing the story about your father as well. And I agree. Like, it's going to, like, we got to go through the growing pains, right? we got to go through the struggles because it's going to make, once we do, reach the, the place of where we want to go of being a winning franchise, it's going to make it feel so much better because we go, we went through the, do, the down times and dark times with this team as well. But all right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Nick. Hey, it's Bobby C-Dub. Hey, it's Nick here. So, hey, guys, I want to talk about a little uh, side story here. But the state of Chicago sports media is at an all-time low right now. So I'm not going to blame, like, 670 to score or anybody else for the Bears struggling or not doing well. But when you want to talk about the atmosphere around a team, they are a fucking problem. Because I think this is highlighted by this week here when uh, Bernstein on 670 The Score had this theory that on Sunday Night Football that the Bears front office, you know, talked to NBC production team and they told Chris Collinsworth and then Adam Schefter separately to push Tyson Bajan and hype him up. And this is a way to get at Justin Fields. And to me, that's the – and he said it was a – whispering backstabbing campaign and to me it's just like take a step back and ask yourself what is the incentive to do something like that it's the dumbest fucking theory i've ever heard and he had this whole rant and 670 so proud of it they keep playing it like during commercial break promos and all that shit and it's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard there's no incentive for the bears front office to do that and i'm no defender of the bears front office and brass right but it's like if they want to keep justin you don't want to hurt his confidence and cause weird-ass tension. And if you want to trade Justin, you don't want to hurt his trade value. So there's no incentive to do this. I think this is just the AM radio media in their death throes trying to stay relevant and fish for clicks. And that fucking pussy Bernstein, this is the same guy who years and years ago accused Ron Santo of choosing to have his legs amputated so he'd get sympathy votes for the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy, he's a fucking pussy, a fucking prick. 
whatever other name you want to call him. He's a cunt, whatever. Anyway, it's just, it, it really irks me. Again, I'm not blaming them for the Bears being uh, an unsuccessful organization, but they're not helping anything. And if they, you know, keep pushing shit like this, like, whatever quarterback comes in, if the Bears move on from Justin, it's going to make it seem like an even bigger shit show than it is. So they're not, they're not fucking blameless here. So uh, that's why I like you guys and the YouTuber media, because you guys aren't pushing this shit. You know, it's like we can speculate, but when you have that kind of platform where you're an established voice in Chicago, you can't be doing that shit. And they're, they're pushing it with zero evidence and no, like, no motive. So anyway, that's my rant. Uh, Bernstein, he's a fucking pussy, piece of shit, fag. And that's it. I'll see ya. Bears, me- listen, and the thing about Bears media, or media in general, it all suffers from the same thing, right? It all is about the clickbait shit. And while Bernstein's rant that's been, like you said, posted all over the place, it's passionate. I get it. It's going to get a lot of clicks. It's going to get people rowdy. It's going to get controversy going because of the smear campaign talk. It's going to do all of those things. But again, this is why we look at the national media, which is not really national. It's more local, right? 670 scores are more local than like this broad national thing. But at the end of the day, it's going to get more clicks. And it sucks that we're that the media is resulting to some of the same tactics that bad content creators do, right? Not letting the truth speak for itself. But listen, I'll say this for Bernstein. That was pro- that's truly how he feels. Whether you agree or disagree with it, you can do that. But I like the fact that he's actually he's not just ne- ne- necessarily spinning narratives. He is spinning what he truly feels. Now, does it make sense that the Bears will run a smear campaign for their own future quarterback, who it seems like they're still invested in, unless they plan on drafting a quarterback and going in a completely different direction? You're right. It doesn't really make sense. So, you know, that that aspect of it, he can definitely be wrong. But I do like that he's giving his opinion, right? He's not giving the company line, not like he's giving his opinion. But again, it could be the opinion to try to generate clicks rather than it could be the Because he knew. You could tell. He knew when he got to going in that rant. Oh. I got me. This is about to be everywhere. Bears fans are about to be. You can tell that he did that. He does that a lot, right? But at the end of the day, like you said, with YouTuber media or whatever it is, I always trust the people that do this because they love it, right? And that's not even just us. Like you guys know, Swifty is, to me, Bears media on YouTube, the golden standard, right? I, I Swift Sports Network, I respect Swift and what he's done so much that they, nobody could tell me anything bad about Swift. Nobody could, right? But I respect it because I know he puts and invests his time in this team that doesn't necessarily give a lot back because he loves it, right? And that's what I that's what that's what I am drawn to is the love for the team. That's what got me into doing this is the genuine love for the Chicago Bears franchise. And hopefully, it speaks to a lot of people as well. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, uh, Nick. You got you know you're you're basically a member of the team, man. We appreciate you so much around here. But that's our time. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Shy Bear Central. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, ChicagoBearCentral at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Shy Town up, bear down, love you guys. Peace, y'all. And this hoodie's fire. This hoodie's fire. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. 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 Media.